Given the gospel and the epistle reading for today, I wanted to speak to you about diversity, inclusion, and equity, which has the convenient acronym DIE. This is obviously something that's actually pretty important in our society. And the goals of those who are preaching diversity, inclusion, and equity are in many respects very noble goals. But as we heard from both the gospel and the epistle reading today, we as Christians have been working on this concept, diversion, sorry, diversity, inclusion, and equity for a rather long time. At least 2,000 years, in fact. Because, and so we do actually have a thing or two to say about these important ideas, about these important ideals. Christ begins, as you kind of sort of need to begin, with inclusion. But we have to be careful about what we mean when we think about inclusivity. Because I, I think it's not totally unfair to say that our current gospel of tolerance has its limitations. It's kind of built right into it, right? The only thing that a gospel of tolerance can't tolerate is intolerance. So it's complete, completely tolerant, except for intolerance. And then you have to kind of divine, start defining, well, what is intolerance? How does that work? Uh, and, and so the, the, the whole inclusion thing becomes actually a little problematic from its outset, if that's your starting point. But that's not Jesus' starting point. Jesus, when he came, he preached this gospel, which was for everyone. And he says to everyone, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Everybody wants the kingdom of heaven. This is what we were trying to get to, right? So how are we going to get there? How is it going to be possible for us to be united in a way that brings the kingdom of heaven down here and begins to realize it here on earth. And Jesus gives us the key to that. Repent. That is the Christian starting point for inclusion. It has to be. Because as Christians, as human beings, we see that there is this huge problem in the world, which we identify very generically as evil. It's a problem. And it's really nice and simple and wonderful when you have all of the evil guys out there. You can, you can whip out your lightsaber and start slicing and dicing all those evil guys, all the orcs. Uh, and and it's, it's really nice and simple. Except that it's not that simple. As, as Solzhenitsyn said, the, the, line dividing between, the division line between good and evil runs directly through the human heart through our heart, through our heart. So that the beginning point for any kind of inclusivity 
for any kind of realization of the kingdom of heaven has to be our repentance of our own evil. See, the problem with judging others and, you know, making, you know, condemning them for, you know, not being inclusive enough, for not being tolerant enough, for not being good enough, for not being whatever enough, is that, first of all, you're not God. And secondly, you're, you have no control over them. The only person in this world, the only evil that we have any real direct control over is that which is inside of us. And so the starting point for inclusion in the kingdom of heaven must necessarily be our repentance, our dealing with the evil that is inside ourselves. Because that's our job. Kind of embedded in that initial call as well is a certain equality. Now I understand there's a difference between equity and equality, and there's a reason they choose the word equity now as opposed to equality. You know, equality is a good one. It was kind of the watchword in the French Revolution, right? Liberty, fraternité, égalité, equality is was kind of one of the watchwords. Um, equity has maybe more of a a, a, um, a social component to it. Uh, one where, you know, you want things to be equitable. Uh, so, yeah, both of those are good things. Uh, and I'm going to use them kind of sort of interchangeably. I think both of them are essential in the gospel. So I'll, I'll try and make a little bit, little bit of a distinction. But even within Christ's initial call, there's a certain leveling factor here. He's saying to every single person, equally, repent. He's saying to every single person, equally, you, this kingdom of heaven, which is at hand, is for you. The reason you need to repent is so that you can be a part of it. So that you can be in it. It's for everyone. And in fact, if we go further, and this is going a little further afield outside of the, the epistle and gospel reading for today, if we want to talk about equity, the Christian understanding has always been that it's our job to look after one another. That's why we are given the command to give alms. That's why we are given the command to love one another. It's our job to look after one another, to make sure that people have what they need. In fact, Jesus makes it really clear. This is the basis of the final judgment. I was hungry, he says, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me water to drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. And then those who are on his right uh, will say, well, wait, when? I don't remember seeing you, Lord, hungry or thirsty or naked. And he says, inasmuch as you have done it to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. So we want equity? Well, that's what the gospel is about and has been about for the last 2,000 years. 
Diversity is an interesting one too, and we saw that particularly in the epistle reading. This unity that we're striving for is the context for this epistle reading. I mean, it, just before the, the pericope that we heard, uh, it talks about there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Unity is essential to the gospel, to the Christian concept of the universe itself. But, says Paul, to each of us, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. I'm going to skip a bit and come back to it in a second. And he himself, Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried out with every wind and doc of doctrine, uh, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I think went a little further than the pericope ends, but I, you, this is this is amazing stuff. This diversity that characterizes us as human beings is created by God Himself. The different gifts that we have as human beings are given to us by Christ Himself. Why? Well, precisely for what we were just talking about. So that we can look after one another. So that we can grow up in unity together. So that we can aid, aid one another with the gifts that God has given to us. So that we can function as a single unified body. The body of Christ himself. Which brings us back to the necessity to die. Part of what inspired me to speak about this, or at least, yeah, uh, was a uh, something that was said to me about a year ago by a young Japanese lady. I want to die in the true church. We are all going to die. In fact, we are all dying. Now, slowly, every day. The question is not whether we will die. The question is how will we die? And that question isn't really about, okay, well, how is it going to be? Am I going to like walk out into the street and say, look out for that. Here's somebody say, look out for this bus. What bus? Flat. You know, as Father Cipri would always say. Um, it, it's, it, how, when, that's actually not so much how we die as when we die. How we die is determined by how we live how we live the life that God has given to us. And the only way that we can actually experience 
the whole point of diversity, the whole essence of repentance, is through death. That our death to ourselves. This is why, again, at the heart of the gospel is death. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, you have to take up your cross daily and follow me. Because the thing about all this diversity, inclusion, and equity is it's hard work. You might have noticed we're not doing a very good job of actually accomplishing it. Why is that? It's because we're all so obsessed with what we want, what I need. And that's kind of the source of all that evil that we were talking about. That is the problem. We have to be willing to die to ourselves, to die to what we want, to die to our desires, and to, and to the minor annoyances of, you know, all those people who are different than me. Very inconvenient. Everybody should be like me. Actually, that would be pretty annoying. But <laughs> just ask Madrushka. <laughs> uh, but 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 um, the 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 um, the diversity. If, if the only way to actually come to appreciate the diversity that is us is through that death to self, which is at the heart of love, and Christ Himself models it. That's why, in the little bit that we skipped, it says that he descended into the lower parts of the earth, that he might also ascend far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. The source of the unity that the world is looking for is Christ. But it's not just Christ. It's Christ as he is at work manifesting himself in us, as we die to ourselves every day, as we repent of our sins every moment of every day, as we celebrate the diversity and use and exercise the gifts that God has given us for the upbuilding of one another. That we might address one another's needs, that there might, there, be, there might be true equality, true equity. Because God is at work in us, not merely individual, individually, but as members of his body, as we have united ourselves to Christ that we might be his hands, his feet, the one who fills all in all, that all might be to his glory in his love, the love of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for each and every one of us.